Hi, this is Thomas from Quest and Chaos. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and joining us on this chaotic adventure. If you want to listen to our other exciting podcasts, such as Swords and Sages, Chaos Agents, Spelljammer, and many more, please visit our website at questsandchaos.com slash podcasts for links to your favorite podcast platform of choice. Now, if you enjoyed this content and want to support us, please consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content, cast interaction, and more at patreon.com slash questsandchaos. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Untitled QNC podcast, where we talk about what we want to talk about, according to Thomas. That's our tagline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't met us before, I'm Amy Pooja, and this is Thomas, Thomas Cook, and we are Quests and Chaos. I think you got that opposite, sir. 100% opposite. <laughs> so what's been happening? What have we been up to lately? Uh, we've been quarantined. That's in the big news of, mm-hmm. well, the world, right? So we've been quarantined for about two and a half weeks now. Mm-hmm. And that actually finally gave us some time to do this podcast, which we've been wanting to do for a while. Are you sure? I feel like <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that gives us no time to do anything because when we got the orders to go into shelter in place, it was after a Monday episode of Salt Marsh, Salt was it not? And so, and in fact, it was like I heard about it at two in the afternoon. And so we had made the decision to send, to bring everybody still to studio and that we would extend Salt Marsh potentially indefinitely. Right. And that we would send everybody that night home with lights, cameras, mugs, dice boxes, dice, like take your things, go home. I don't know when I'll see you again. Yeah, it was, it was pretty in- intense. Um, it was, we had, I think, made the decision to go with alternate programming for a while Mm -hmm. you know the salt marsh other things and but we're still going to do it in the studio because there was uh you know it would just be six people here we were gonna you know uh switch from the table and then you know at 2 p.m it was like oh no 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 at midnight it's shut down um and we took it very seriously yeah. I think um, where we we wrapped that night and we took a good portion of the studio to our house, turned our living room into a makeshift <laughs> space, which it's not that big to begin with. So. Which I do have to say, though, taking conference calls um, with the Quest and Chaos logo and like a professional light, like a professional lighting and everything. People are like your lighting's amazing. <laughs> you know, like on my calls, people are like you should back off the background a little bit. And I was like, OK. I'm basically in my dining room slash living room at this point. Yeah. I'm also pseudo in my pajamas, so let's just back off a little bit. <laughs> um, so, so we we did uh, Tuesday night uh, from the house mm-hmm. uh, using Zoom. We switched to yeah. uh, we we started using that, um, and then Casey from Wizards of the Couch actually uh, messaged me and said, "Have you seen Skype? They they have this new feature with uh, new text technology to." Um, in OBS, you can grab each person's individual mm-hmm. um, stream. So Wednesday, we... Tried Skype. Tried Skype. And 
that didn't quite work as <laughs> so, well as there wasn't enough testing time involved into it so it yeah. was a little bit of you know we uh, it was a uh, how they say a kung fu movie it was bad overdubbing you know, especially okay. for us uh, yeah but there was no uh, uh i wasn't too sure fu. where you were going with that analogy i was like it's a bad kung fu movie so it was <laughs> awesome is what you were saying so yeah. what was the problem with zoom so why did we decide to so, go with skype other yeah, than so connection issues mostly so uh in zoom a, you know, we also found out all about Zoom's privacy problems. But in Zoom, uh, the gallery view that we are sort of scraping is ever-changing when people come, leave, and join, and mm-hmm. leave, and join. So if somebody's connection drops and then they rejoin, they move to the end, and it shifts everybody's yeah. window around. Which is awesome because even last night for Call of Cthulhu, I think Thomas and I... In fact, were you somehow in this in one of the shots? I don't even know what happened. You yeah. don't even play the game. But essentially, I was in two of the windows, and neither of them were me, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 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 we wanted to try Skype, and it didn't quite work out for that first test. What was um, wrong with Skype, though? Because I do audio like, sync. Got it. Because the Skype was nice in the fact that you could grab everybody's um, individual cameras yeah. and put them in a box. And so the difference, I think, was with Zoom. I watch you resize the Zoom interface five times yeah. to just get everybody in a box where with Skype, everybody is in an individual box already. And now you're just placing those, those over, you know, it into the overlay. So. Yeah. Um, so we, we noticed a specific connection, more connection issues with Skype. So. Um, Was that in the settings? Have we. No, fully... I mean, no. In, from people, from our players in their homes. Got it. They were struggling to connect to Skype when they could connect to Zoom easier. Which is interesting, but... Yeah. Um, so uh, whether or not... I still think I want to test Skype some more. Mm-hmm. Well, there are other services. Like, yes. I work for a company that does WebEx, and technically I could probably hook us all up with WebEx without a problem. You know, I don't have that 40-minute... Again, I don't know what the issues are, but I should, probably shouldn't be using work resources, but, like, yeah. I use WebEx every day. I'm on six-plus calls a day on WebEx, sometimes two at a time. It's insane. Maybe they'd want to sponsor us. Perhaps I should reach out and be like, hey. Hey, John. <laughs> yep. John's not there anymore. Nope. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that was a lot of tech testing, and it still is. And it's still, you know, you're up to the whim of the internet, you know? Yeah. Or, in fact, we came back to the studio because it was just us. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you and I in our living room is the same as us being here because nobody else is here mm-hmm. um, other than the fact that we have really good internet here <laughs> and we have really crappy internet at the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, but I mean, I have to, I have to give props where it's due. All of those streamers out there that are mm-hmm. using virtual tabletops and virtual cameras and, and everything, it is way harder than doing it in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone... it takes more money to do it in person, mm-hmm. but it's way easier. I think maybe for maybe for me, because that's what I do for a job. Perhaps. I mean, here's the thing, though. Again, this is what I also do for a job. And because at work, we've gone and taken all of our broadcasts 100% virtual. So now our new terminology is remote and virtual mm-hmm. because all of our presenters are coming in via WebEx to us. And then my crew is actually accessing all of our gear remotely. So you would, like my engineers and my TDs and everybody are actually using their home computers to dial into the computers at work. So we have our studios that are connected to 
you know, basically everybody's connected to right. those studios. So it's it's different, but it's the same for me in the respect that I'm asking my presenters to come on early, that we are adjusting their cameras, we're adjusting their audio, we're adjusting the lighting in their ho homes, we're telling them, you know what, that shirt doesn't work, could you do me a favor and go change? And literally I'm like seeing people going, hang on, run away, come back with a different shirt on. Um, I'm meeting their children, I'm meeting their dogs, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing the boom, 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 like all over the house, I'm like, what is happening? But that takes time and so, right. you know, before in studio it was, everybody kind of shows up an hour before with food, hanging out, blah, 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 where now it's like everybody shows up before and I'm like, tilt your camera down, close your blinds, oh, turn on this light, move that out of the frame, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then once everything is clear, it's like, okay, you've got 10 minutes to, you know, take a break, go get some food and come back. And so, you know, that for me is essentially everything I do every single day. Communication-wise, it has to be a lot clearer because you, when you over-talk somebody in person, it's very easy. It's not very easy, but it's easier for your ears to hear multiple conversations at once and glean a couple things from it. With those systems, you can't hear anything. It turns into like a garbled mess. So mm -hmm. really, it comes down to show opens and rehearsing with my presenters at work, just saying that we're going to do this and then who's going to toss to this person. So after this person speaks, are you going to come back to the host or are we going to go right to the next person? Like these are all things that really have to get timed out and considered. And when we are here in the studio, especially for chaos agents, it's a free-for-all, right? It is. Yeah. Um, and, and in general, chaos agents <laughs> is a free-for-all. So uh, maybe something to, to rein in um, going forward, mm -hmm. but it's, mm -hmm. it's nuts. And, and I, I like to be able to just be like, Aaron, tell me this. You know, I like, you know, everybody likes to put Aaron on the spot. You know, come up with a quick saying for Gordon Biersch, you know. Because he hasn't been thinking about it all day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's given us a chance to do other stuff this month, too, just because we've started with Salt Marsh and we've now started to integrate our shows back in. Um, so Cass Agents is going, Cthulhu is still going, but what about other things that we're doing? So we are uh, still on hold with Natural One um, in. Probably, uh, it's probably coming back when we're able to join us here in the studio again. Mm -hmm. um, but that also then gives us uh, Mondays in order to um, try other things. So we are doing more Carbon 2185. Uh, we were actually going to do more Carbon 2185 on Sundays. Yep. You know, again, we would have been back to that five days a week of streaming, which is tough. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's tough. Oh, my God, it's hard. Um, anyway, um, I don't need to tell you because you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we were able to move that to Mondays to give us a little bit of a, a space mm -hmm. in the in our schedule. Um, but uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, anyway, you know where we're going? Carbon 2185. Yep. Tuesdays, Chaos Agents. Well, and also I think what's cool about that is that Ezra will be on Carbon 2185, and so will Bo, so that really coming having everybody come from home whoever wants to participate in these shows can participate and we're just trying to mix up the groups and kind of get yeah. everybody some airtime if they want to do it so should we leave that as a surprise yep, let's talk about that surprise. next week surprises but talking about kickstarters that brings us to a little segment we like to call this week in kickstarter except yep. that it's not always this week the wick <laughs> this week in kickstarter twick 
Okay. Yeah, the wick is better. Okay. It's the wick. I had to go back and really figure out <laughs> if that was actually right or not. So, um, so I think uh, let's first talk talk talk. Let's first talk about <laughs> what I've spent money on yes. that didn't that I didn't really tell yes. you about, or you probably weren't listening. As I'm yelling, I'm clicking this. Is this okay? Let's hear um, it. I think I backed like 150 bucks for Frosthaven. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Your face was about to go, I'm sorry, no, what? <laughs> that I knew. Because uh, it's such a big well, box. The I next mean, one you don't know about, and we'll just talk about not how much I've backed um, it for. So let's talk about Frosthaven. Frosthaven sure. is the follow-up uh, to Gloomhaven. In fact, it is a, a sequel slash, uh, as Isaac puts it, it's in the same universe, right? So mm-hmm. it's the same Marvel Cinematic Universe as Gloomhaven. Okay. Uh, just set in the north. Yes. Um, and there's a, the, so it's it's all the Gloomhaven you love, you know. Or Dying hate. all the time, <laughs> losing every game. <laughs> Picking the wrong game to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Titling things wrong, mm-hmm. uploading them without spoilers. Getting people... six pages of rules wrong. Hey. Uh, I'm sorry, not six, 60. 86 pages in that Oh, rulebook. I thought there were 60 pages in that rule book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read a novel in years. Why would I want to read all that? <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. But here was the thing. So they came out on March 31st. And so I think I looked at it the day before and just said, okay, tomorrow morning when you get up and you get a chance, back this. Because we're Mm -hmm. obviously going to play it on the stream. Gloomhaven is probably our most successful YouTube um, video. We're hitting almost 20,000 on the pilot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm sure Frosthaven is going to go like bananas as well. And so I ordered it probably between 10 and 11 o'clock Pacific time is probably I got off a bunch of meetings and said, oh, crap, back Frosthaven, went to Kickstarter. They were almost at $3 million when I backed it. So, yeah, three hours in, they were at $3 million. And they only needed 500,000 to make the campaign go. Yeah. I I mean, I mean, looking, I mean, think, I mean, looking at the board game, you know, board games are huge, especially for Kickstarter. Um, Tainted Grail was 5 million pounds. So, Mm -hmm. You know, so eight trillion dollars U.S. <laughs> no, conversion. it would be five point. It's like only like five to ten percent. It's like one percent okay. higher. Anyway, it used to be double. Yeah. Um, so gl- frost. I'm like gloom frost Fro- haven. Yeah. So frost that's gonna haven, happen yeah. a lot. The gloom yeah. frost haven. Yes. The gloom frost Frosty haven. Frosty gloom yeah. haven. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, so gloomy. Com- anyway, uh, frosty companion. I wonder if that's gonna be the new. The new app. Could be. I mean, it looks really well thought out. And if you went on the Kickstarter, you would also see the fact that you can get all of the Gloomhaven stuff as well as add-ons to this campaign. So for, I think, for less money, you could get, I think it was $80 or something, you could actually get the Gloomhaven full box of stuff. Yeah. Um, And there are a ton of add-ons. So I think the campaign was really well thought out. Um, So everything that you would be able to buy as an ancillary product to Frosthaven is actually available in the Kickstarter itself. You know, so the app was in there. The removable stickies are in, stickers are in there. All of that stuff is in there. Um, there are a couple things, and I do have to read it from the notes, that are different. Um, is that, well, I don't know if it's different. I mean, how many scenarios are in Gloomhaven? 86. Okay, so this supposedly has yeah. 100 scenarios. 
Um, there are, you keep looking at the game. I know, I, I used 86 for both the rule book and the number of <laughs> I'm scenarios. I'm sure it's all wrong. Oh, it's yeah. all wrong. Anyway, um, so there are 100 scenarios to play. There are some enhancements to the game, of which I'm not too sure if I care, don't care, just based on the description. Um, there are loot cards that you can get now. So instead of just getting money and XP, yeah. you can also have loot, apparently. Yeah, so one of the things that they said is that currency is less important in Frosthaven mm-hmm. because it's more about survival. Because, you know, Gloomhaven <laughs> is just a, it's a walk in the It's park. not about survival. <laughs> um, so, so having loot, having magical items and different things oh, is more, or okay. food is more important than having uh, coins. Got it. So, so coin, I, yeah, coins are still going to be there, but not. I wonder if they're going to kind of create like an Agricola type thing. Because the other enhancement to this game that's different than Gloomhaven is the fact that you can build cities. You can build buildings, yeah. and so you actually can help rebuild, like you said, Frosthaven. Mm-hmm. And so there are boons or positives that you can get if you actually spend your time doing community service, if you right. will. So I'm just wondering, how does the loot potentially affect the building right. of the buildings? And how does, you know, how does building Frosthaven look? Is it completely random, or do you just have different choices per every space? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that stuff isn't, I don't think, very mm-hmm. fleshed. I'm sure it's fleshed out. I don't think it's been revealed yet. No, it hasn't. Because if you look at, again, at the campaign, these are just like little notes. In fact, I probably copied and pasted them right into this document (laughs) I'm reading. Um, The other one I don't care about so much, but I'm just wondering, again, if it's just the way I'm reading it. So apparently there is a puzzle book. So if you decipher puzzles in this book, it it eventually creates like a trail on a map. And Mm. if you follow that trail, you unlock Northern Coast lore, which is where Frosthaven takes place. To me, I'm kind of like, that's great unless the lore feeds back. It's like a feedback cycle. It needs to feed back into something of gameplay. Otherwise, I don't know if I care. I'd be like, that's nice. This is fun. Bye. Yeah, I'm sure that it I'm sure that it ties in. Um, Mm -hmm. And it might, you know, I don't know if it was puzzles or if it's secrets or if it was, you know, there's there's things that you unlock in Gloomhaven now, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. different you unlock locations and you unlock, you know, different weapons and you unlock Mm-hmm. characters that you can play. No, this one said puzzles because, okay. again, I copied and pasted because I was like, this sounds weird, but nice. whatever. Um, and then do you want to talk about the la- about dying and the seasons? Uh, so there are two seasons um, to Frosthaven. Mm-hmm. There is summer and there is winter. Um, summer is easier. <laughs> Everything is easier in the summer except for skiing. Um, actually, I mean, do you think it's going to be easier? I don't. Well, I don't know. They, you are the one that told me that winter is harder than summer. That's just what it says. I mean, if I take from how you play Gloomhaven, you're still going to die in the summer, and you <laughs> might as well just quit and give up for winter. <laughs> well, that's that just is is unnecessarily true. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I forgot. I forgot to look. When does that even show up on our doorstep? I Next even, year, 2021. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything right now is 2021. Yeah. I mean, that's, me, I mean, typical yeah. Kickstarters are, you know, you're backing things and you are not going to get them for a mm-hmm. while. Um, it's it's interesting. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with with all of this global stuff. If, if we're ever going to get to be able to have manufacture in the U.S., but that month and a half on a boat is a significant amount of time mm-hmm. to get from factories in China to the rest of the mm-hmm. world. Um, so 
I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But, it, you know, the, the games are made in China. They are very adept and very good at making them. Um, I was listening. I went to Gamma, mm-hmm. and I was listening. And we're just... No, it's fine. Just tell um, me about Gamma. So, I mean, so I went to Gamma. Yeah. Um, it wasn't canceled. Maybe it should have been, but we'll see. Um, the... Uh, it was... They were talking about, you know, basically the factories in China that make games are... They're not game designers, but they are really good at figuring the production out. So one of the one of the examples mm-hmm. was um, a two-layer player board. So, for instance, in Tainted Grail, you have the little cubes that fit in squares. Mm-hmm. So your top yeah. your top board has a whole bunch of cuts in it, mm-hmm. and your bottom board has, um, you know, the graphics and everything. That's the bottom layer. It's it's complete, and you know they they go through and figure out exactly the amount and placement of glue on mm-hmm. that top sheet so that when it's pressed it covers 100% without spilling over mm-hmm. like that's the precision that they are working with at these factories and you know they have people there to do that so to to retool and bring a whole thing to the states would be a lot of work mm-hmm. I don't know if it if it would be worth it at all, but it seems like there's could be a need. Well, does Europe as well manufacture all their games in China? Uh, some. Uh, I know that um, Nord Games was looking at a printer in uh, in Northern Europe mm-hmm. to print their book. There are three books that are ready now. <laughs> They're like, we have these three books that are ready. You can buy the PDF right now. Links down <laughs> below. Um, <laughs> don't. Okay. Continue. Um, so, anyway, so so yes, yeah, so there are printers in Europe. I don't mm-hmm. know if they make board games. Like those are specific, specifically book publishers. Mm-hmm. So, cards can be printed in Texas. Uh, I don't. I don't know where we had our business cards printed, but mm-hmm. those were done in the U.S. Uh, but you know, games specifically are are usually done overseas. Okay. So I think at this point we should just probably kick to the Frosthaven video, and then when we come back, we'll segue into something else. All right. Sounds good. Frosthaven. Head north through the Imperial Pass and you'll find it. Sitting on the edge of the world, surrounded on all sides by the biting cold, unnatural threats, and a lingering cloud of hopelessness. You are a desperate mercenary, sent to keep this harried outpost alive and uncover the secrets of the North. But these secrets want to stay hidden, and every creature on the horizon intends to erase you from the map. Welcome to the Northern Coast. Try not to freeze to death. Frosthaven is the sequel to the critically acclaimed Gloomhaven, an open-world game of dungeon delving and difficult tactical decisions, set in a unique and vibrant fantasy world. We now return to that world, but leave the relative safety of Gloomhaven to explore new mysteries to the north. Here, players must contend with over 30 new insidious monster types, and 16 new character classes will provide their own unique twists on the familiar and rewarding combat mechanics. Players must also gather the resources necessary to build up the outpost of Frosthaven, so that it can protect itself from invaders and survive the approaching winter. Not only are there a myriad of difficult choices to be made within a scenario, but there are now even more to face in between as well. 
What buildings will you focus your resources on? What items will you craft? And how will you handle all of the threats that loom in the snowy distance, just beyond the edge of sight? Take up the mantle of the Banner Spear, Blink Blade, Drifter, Death Walker, Geminate, or Necromancer, and join the fight against the Frost. Okay. And now we're back. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for our conversation on Frosthaven, unless you wanted to add anything. Uh, n- n- no. Okay. No, it's a cool video. Okay, so should I tell you uh, what else I clicked yeah. the button and should, spent money on? Should we watch that video before we go into it? Sure. Oh, actually, right. you know what? I should actually talk about what we're going to talk about first. Okay. Um, so I'm going to tell you... I'm not going to tell you how much money I spent. Let's put it that way. Let's I middle of the gr- middle road. So if you really wanted to research it, I went right down the middle of the road as far as altered carbon. So I backed that RPG. I was a fan of the series. Watched it without you, even though you said, "Please wait for me." I didn't. I saw the pilot two days ago. Oh God, I saw the original right when it launched. Anyway, long story short. Usually, <laughs> so usually, I can't watch things on Netflix because Amy will watch them with me. <laughs> What's Except for one day, I'm like, hey, let's watch Altered Carbon. And Amy says, oh, I already watched it. <laughs> Couldn't help it. It was good. It was right. It was good. And so it was based on a series of books um, that were written back in 2004. And it's essentially a cyberpunk series. And Netflix now owns um, the rights to the video. And they have put out an RPG. So let's take a look at that video first. Bay City, Earth, 2384, a world under UN protectorate law, where the mega-rich thrive, and the streets are filled with crime, a time when death is no longer a finality, the cortical stack, a gift from the elders, holds everything that makes you Every memory, every emotion, stored digitally, making immortality a reality. Welcome to the neo-noir cyberpunk world of Water Carbon, the role-playing game. Okay, so Altered Carbon. I am right now halfway through season two. I'm waiting for you to catch up. But Altered Carbon <laughs> Are is... You? Are you really? No, not really. <laughs> it just, I'm just, it's taking me a while to get through it. Anyway, so it is a cyberpunk series that takes place in 2384, and the RPG itself takes place on Earth in, guess where, Bay City, which what? is pretty much San Francisco. Are they District 2 and District 3, like Carbon? No, it does not. Um, actually, with Ultra Carbon, they base it kind of on, on, on layers. So mm. the more important you are, the higher up in the sky you live. So those of us who live on the ground, you know, who live on the ground are, you know... Are there... 
the earthquakes in the future? Supposedly, no. But I also find this interesting because carbon twenty and again carbon twenty one eighty five and altered carbon are written by people who live in England. Right. <laughs> and so I find it very fascinating and bizarre to play games and to watch series that are supposedly based on a city that we know intimately. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, I know somebody who lives there. That's not exactly what that's like. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, so the RPG itself takes place in. Of even farther past 2185. I don't think they're the same universe, um, but essentially it's based on if you've seen season one of the Netflix series, you have reference to that. Right. And so I think the interesting part about that is the fact that you have stacks and sleeves. And so your stack is like a carbon fiber little disc where you upload your, basically you live your life and your memories are stored there and you right. can upload it to the internet so that if you die or something happens to you or you're just rich, you can re-sleeve with a new body. So there are people, they're called meths, who have been alive for a very long time. Um, in fact, since this AI has been you know, developed where you can basically live forever and you just keep making money because you've been around forever and you just compile the money because now you have infinite amount of time. Right. And so in season one, we meet um, Takashi Kovacs, where he's actually brought back from the dead to, or back from quote unquote the dead. His prison. stack, yeah, his from prison. So he's been re-sleeved in order to solve a crime. Um, and so we'll see. I backed the PDF, all of the modules. So all four modules we're getting. So apparently when I originally backed it, it was two modules. Um, I suspect that there are some issues because they threw in two more modules. Um, and then I also backed the hardcover book. And then there are a couple other like ancillary things that we're getting with that. Nice. Um, and so that's what's going to come. Supposedly it ships in August of this year. But I'm just curious. And that kind of brings us back to Gamma. Like what does that mean when I'm getting a PDF quote unquote shipped? Is it just going to be a digital download? You I know? mean, it, so it all depends on the actual publisher mm -hmm. of what they're going to do. So Nord Games, as an example, people that we know well, they um, when they send the PDF to the printer – they also send it to the backers, like mm -hmm. so that you get the content sooner than waiting that extra two to three months, or who knows right now, mm -hmm. um, of you know getting a hardcover book. Mm -hmm. So you can do that with a book versus you know a game. Yeah. In fact, I mean, you, you, that's not true. So a lot of games you get print and play versions. Mm -hmm. um, what did we play that was print and play, where we actually had the rules, and you're like, we could actually print the cards. Did we have one? We did. Oh, it was um, Fiasco in a Box. Okay. So we, um, so which wasn't that much different than Fiasco in a Book, except it was in a box, because big retailers like boxes. Mm-hmm. So but, that's a little secret in the in the game trade. <laughs> game trade. Trade games. Game trade? Anyway. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, it would be nice, I would like to kind of run it, um, or maybe we stick with Warren running it. But, um, and again, Carbon 2185, I think, was also like that because the books weren't available until how many, a couple months later, yeah. but we were already playing it when the PDF was available. Right. Yeah. So, so Warren got the PDF, got us the starter. Um, the starter PDF was released so that you could create characters mm -hmm. or basic characters a little bit different than the actual book that yep. ended up shipping. So we had to revise our characters a bit, but it was, it was, it was super fun. Uh, we ended up buying a book because Games of Berkeley 
back the Kickstarter and got them in store. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of an interesting thing that we are seeing. Um, we are seeing retailer um, tiers for Kickstarters. Yeah. So that yes. they can get in. And, and typically, they also end up getting in at, um, well, I don't know if it's typically. Some of them, they're getting in at, at typical retailer pricing, which is, in general, the th way things work is uh, wholesale is 50% of the cost. So, you know, if a game costs $50 at the store, it costs the store 25 um, I don't know if that's exactly true. That's and like see, re that's like clothing. Yeah. So With I don't really altered know. Altered Carbon, that's there. they didn't release that. So I know okay. that there was a retailer like division that you could, and it said for retailers only. Right. And I was like, okay, that's not me. I just want to get you right. know, the books. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes they only charge more. So mm -hmm. the book that I bought from Gaines of Berkeley, um, I didn't ask how much it was ahead of time. Mm hmm. So when I found out, it was way more than I thought it was going to be. How much so was it? It was like $75. Yeah, that is a bit much. So we'll have to see when Altered Carbon yeah. comes out because I bought the book for 50 um, okay. So we'll see if the book in retails is 50 or 60 or 75 Right. You know, we'll see. So, that, I mean, so I guess that we can kind of talk about something that we did back that is probably going to be arriving soon. Sure is Root, yeah. the RPG. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of those things where James reached out. He's like, hey, are you guys going to back this? you going to back this? I'd like to run it. So it's based on the Root board game um, where you play animals. Mm -hmm. Is it? I, I don't really know much about it. All I know is it's adorable. It's super adorable. Um, and the character sheets are really interesting looking because they keep sending us like updates, the Kickstarter updates. And so the character sheets are just well made. They're beautifully drawn. Um, there's a lot of information on it. It's just I would want to keep printing the character sheets and filling those out. Those are kind of fun. Nice. And so we'll see. I mean, I haven't really looked too much at it because I'm kind of just hoping to play it and not mm -hmm. really, you know, yeah, ruin, my, spoiled, yeah. Yeah, ruin my expectation of it. Um, but we'll see. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I think, don't know. Yeah. I think that's going to wrap up our Kickstarter segment. Twitch, mm -hmm. Twick, Twick. It's the Wick. <laughs> the Wick. And that's it. The Wick. We, there, we don't even have a title for this podcast. It's called so. the title of the podcast is called Untitled Podcast. Okay, I'm sh okay. Okay. It's genius. It's going to stick. I guarantee it. <laughs> Anyway. Untitled, the story of this podcast. Untitled, the story of most of the stuff we do. Yeah. Anyway. On artwork as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, it's been a long time coming. We're going to get to our actual main segment, <laughs> main topic of this podcast. Monetization. Yes. So, I think the reason why we wanted to talk about monetization is to let everybody know that um, Thomas is a freelancer. I have a regular job as a, you know, as a producer, but Thomas is a freelance camera operator. And so when we went into um, shutdown, essentially he has no work coming in. Yeah. And the studio is partially subsidized by his yeah. camera rentals and everything up, else. I mean, yeah. up in up until February, Quest and Chaos paid no rent. Mm -hmm. So. Um, now it has to pay all the rent. <laughs> yeah, because there is no additional, yeah. like, there is no additional money coming in. So right. we've been really, 
really relying on donations in order to kind of cover the rent on the studio space in order to keep it going. And so we do have to say thank you to everybody who donated in March because we met our rental goals. Yes. Yeah. So we paid the rent. (laughs) Cha-ching, we're here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I think that kind of goes to, uh, again, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. for doing that. Uh, we have that tavern upkeep there. Um, and It's the in, overlay yeah, on Twitch that in, you can see where we are yeah. progressively throughout the month in order to make rent. Yeah, so in normal world, that is rent plus a little bit extra to um, improve and do the next thing, which might be a Kickstarter or it might be um, getting new artwork mm-hmm. or you know other expenses. That Merch, we would have. who knows, yeah. So... So, we, in the current situation, though, that is like all pretty much going to rent and just keeping this place going. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> okay. With that being said, um, Thomas and I thought it would be important to talk about how money comes in and how it's divided, so that you understand what Twitch basically right. does and how it splits. So, so um, if you if you aren't subscribed to our newsletter, you you should definitely be subscribed to our newsletter because we had this information in there uh, a couple weeks ago just to kind of get it out um, because we don't we want to be as open and transparent mm-hmm. as we can. Um, so I think we, let's first start with um, I think what's best for us, I think. So again, you know, <laughs> I, so I, talk, I don't know what is anymore. So I talked about um, typical wholesale versus retail. Um so a T-shirt, for instance, mm-hmm. um, typically costs ten dollars, right? And then we sell it for twenty, and that's a hundred percent markup, basically. Um, so that's where we get a hundred percent of the money back. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things in there we have to pay taxes because we're a company and all that stuff, but. Um, so buying merch is the best way to support us. I mean, yeah. not only it supports us, but you also get something of value. Mm-hmm. Maybe a shirt with an octopus on it isn't of value, but you get one whether or not you want it. Which also sounds a bit like a threat, and maybe you should <laughs> buy them for your enemies. <laughs> oh, yeah, that should be a new thing. Oh, too bad it's not Christmas, because you know, like... Ugly... You're you're close. Yeah, you're getting no, it. You're no. getting it. Ugly t-shirt. Yeah. No, 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 that's okay. not it. You're not going in the right spot. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, so what about t-shirts? <laughs> buy buy them. Uh, Closingcast.com/slash/merch. Anyway. So, so, but as far as how we how we keep the lights on, right. that's probably the most profitable way for us. Correct. So, uh, what's after that? So, after that is going to be Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Patreon, you know, and originally we had thought it was about eight percent were the fees. Um, there is a merchant fee to get us the money. I I don't know if I can set up like bank transfer, which would be cheaper. But right now it goes through PayPal, so there's another three percent or something taken. Mm-hmm. So. So that ends up being about 11 to 12%. Um, still, by far the best, the, the way that they take the least amount. Um, so from you to us, that's the best way is Patreon. We've got 11 fantastic patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, all of their donations go um, to the tavern upkeep. So at the beginning of the month, we actually take how much was donated and we put that in a tavern upkeep and that 
is this month was 10% of what we need. Okay. So it was automatically a very quick way for us to get to where we need to mm -hmm. be. Um, the next way is bits. You want to talk about bits? Um, not really. Well, okay. So I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> yeah. So if you've seen our show live on Twitch or seen the replays on YouTube, bits come in and we essentially turn those, the way we make it fun for everybody is to take those bits and turn it into what we call inspiration. And so we've just kind of arbitrarily gone with 500 bits, you know, a thousand bits in increments of 500. So right. 500 bits equals one inspiration and you can, the players or the DMs can do things with those inspiration in order to alter the game. Um, how much though does that cost and how much does Twitch take? Right, so, so our... Um, our end of a bit is one cent. Mm -hmm. right? So 500 bits is $5. You donate 500 bits, we get $5. Mm -hmm. um, How much does it cost to buy so, 500 bits? So though? if you buy $20 worth of bits, you're mm -hmm. only getting 1500 Okay. Um, so that, and, and apparently also, when you purchase them on desktop, it's cheaper than if you purchase them on a mobile device. Okay. For whatever reason there is. Um, so that's like 25% that Twitch takes. You can buy more all at once to reduce that, but mm -hmm. it, you're still never going to get into, um, I think, patron territory. Okay. So on average, what is the percent? What's I think 25. Most people buy okay. $20 worth of bits okay. at a time. Um, and Twitch takes 25% right, right. right off the top. Yes. Okay. Um, then the other way to support us is with subscriptions mm -hmm. so subscriptions are we have three tiers i believe mm -hmm. a five a ten and a 20 or 25 dollar yeah um, a, tier. 25 yeah or 24.99 america and it's 0.99 um, i don't understand that but whatever so twitch takes 50 percent of that mm -hmm. so we definitely like having the subs um seeing seeing the numbers remain consistent um, is good for us to know that, okay, at least we know that is coming in, mm -hmm. you know, for us. So that is definitely helping. Well, and, and we do giveaways based on when people resubscribe every mm -hmm. month. Yep. So we do. Yep. So again, our giveaways are based on how many bits come in and are unused during the gameplay. Right. And so we'll give away like Nord Games or Gale Force 9 decks and things like that. And then, like you said, also the subs trigger mm -hmm. giveaways. And what you get to sub as well as Patreon. Um, is essentially, and again, I think we should probably enhance this a little bit, but we're just, you know, we're just trying to come up yeah. with ways where if you are a subscriber or you're a patron, you are entered into, or you have the ability to make characters for what we call our mitten. Yes, and our, our mitten, arena battles. Yeah, our arena battles. And so, and that gives our, you know, so if you win that drawing, you put your name on a list and we just kind of randomly draw four or five people who will be in that arena battle to make a character for us. And then you are then a coach for one of our players. And so there's direct communication as far as we're playing your character. This is something that you made up. Thank you, you know, awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for making that up. But then the players during the, sh the show itself or during the gameplay itself are on a Discord or a back-end channel discussing how to actually manage the characters. And so I think when I ran the mitten on on Monday, um, I think all, every single player at the table said that they were very grateful for how their patron, if you will, you know, Patreon patron, mm -hmm. subscriber patron, yeah. was telling coach. them how to play the game. Yeah, their coach. Their yeah. coach was telling them how to play the game and how to kind of work the characters. Because when you see them at first glance, 
it's sometimes it's a little confusing. Yeah, you know? I mean, building a character from first level on is way easier to grasp than starting at fifth or sixth level to build a character. Oh yeah, when I played one, I forgot what it was. It was like 15th level. I'm like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about this character. Yeah. You know, I know the three things that I'm gonna do consistently. Yeah, so so right now that is the, that is the one perk of being a patron is that mm -hmm. you get an extra entry into the mitten drawn. Mm -hmm. So as a subscriber and a patron, you get two entries. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we put them on a list and we roll a die to see who's gonna get it. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, and we're definitely open to suggestions. So leave us a comment um, below or or what have you, or send us a tweet. <laughs> send us a tweet because we, we see the Twitter and everything. Um, I like you're like, we see the Twitter. I see, the, see Twitter. the Twitter. Sometimes I see the Twitter. Um, so, and let us know what you might want to see from a, from a as a Patreon backer. Mm -hmm. um, because we, um, we know that it's important. Um, but we don't really know what, you know, what that would be. So give us some ideas, mm -hmm. um, some suggestions. Um, criteria would be nice that it doesn't cost a lot and doesn't take a lot of time. <laughs> but um, we can make some time definitely mm -hmm. to, to, to support that. But we just need to focus and, and figure out what mm -hmm. that is. Yeah. Um, what? So then we also... I don't know what else. What else do we do? I don't even know uh, what we do. So um, we also get ad revenue from YouTube. Okay. Oh yeah, I totally forgot because that's so much money. It's not a lot. Um, it would be a lot if we had two hundred times <laughs> the subscribers than we have now. Then it would be two hundred times the sixty dollars we get. Right. Which uh, would be amazing. So yeah. So right now, um, ad revenue is. We've got 2,400 subscribers. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to get to that to 24,000 and 240,000. But for right now, we have 2,400 subscribers. We get about $60 a month in ad revenue. Mm -hmm. So thank you for not turning off your ad blockers mm -hmm. or you know allowing YouTube to, to, to do that. Um, that helps. And as we continue to grow that YouTube uh, channel and the YouTube numbers, that will grow even further, and that's no money out of your pocket. It's mm -hmm. you know, it's watching an ad. It's really skipping an ad for the most part. You know, watching a ten-second ad or skipping a longer ad, mm -hmm. both count. Uh, so that's good. And we would love to get you know to that point where you know we're not relying on our community to donate money to us. You know, just their time would be mm -hmm. fantastic to be able to support the channel. Mm -hmm. We're not going to say no, but um, we still need to grow and we still need to move, and that's that's where we're that's where mm -hmm. we're moving to. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about where we spend the money mm, that comes well, in? Well, again, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's on the. It's I on know, the I see it on the on the little notes that we made. But right now, really, like you said, the spend is just to keep the lights on in this space because we have no. You know what I mean? Our regular income, as far as us being working employed people, mm -hmm. is just one working employed person right now. Yeah. Um, but also just to give everybody a little bit of insight, um, so when we do things like we give away cards 
decks, books, et cetera, et cetera, those are all tied to specific numbers that we have calculated out. So, like, at a certain point, you know, what is it, 30, 30 bits 20, or 30? 25 inspiration yeah, 25 left inspiration over. left yeah. over. That obviously has made enough in order to do the giveaway. Right. And so that is all calculated into the total dollar amount that comes in and then what we can give back to the community and just say, okay, what kind of things can we give back? Which I find interesting that... Um, yeah, I just find it interesting that, like, I would watch and don't... I don't know. I think it's fun to get things back every once in a while. Yeah. But for me, I think the most part, when I subscribe or donate to other channels, um, it's not necessarily about the giveaways. Right. Um, but, again, that's just me. I think also, too, in some respects, it is kind of important to give away things that help people get started with the game. Yes. Like, I find that to be really exciting when people, like, I don't know. What, like, I'll have conversations in Whisper just being like, I don't know what I want or I don't know what to do. It's like, well, let me make a recommendation or let me ask you what you have. Yeah. And how can I get you something that I think is instrumental in our toolbox? Mm-hmm. Like, we're firm believers in the fact that the books you should own are Player's Handbook, um, Monster Manual. Hey, if you're a player, Player's Handbook and Xanathar's would okay. be... Like yeah. the main two books mm-hmm. for me. Um, I love the, I love, if you are a spellcaster, getting those Gale Force 9 spell cards yeah. is super helpful. I've been playing, I mean, how long have I been playing? When was the, when did the, was the Strahd Cleric that I, that I played? A few I, years. Yeah. yeah. So I've been using Gale Force 9 cards for quite a few years now. We have, we have the original versions, mm-hmm. which yeah. we then had, we had to purchase all of the separate domain mm-hmm. cards. And anyway, version two, way better. Yep. They're yeah. vertical. That's yep. how you can tell. So our money goes to, obviously, the giveaways. And I think even though, like I said, I'm not huge on giveaways and the things mm-hmm. that I receive as a giveaway on other channels, I think that some of the things that we give away is definitely instrumental into getting other people playing the game. Yeah. Um, other places that we do giveaways is, or I'm sorry, other ways that we spend our money is on social media advertising just to get a broader reach um so organically i think our audience usually there's about it depends on what the what the post is but like Mm -hmm. on facebook organically i think 300 and some people consistently see our posts but we can always push that even further you know with some advertising money to bring more people in and to bring more people into the community um and then the last one (laughs) why don't you talk about the 3d filament and the non-stop 3d printers that run Every day of my life. 3D printing of terrain pieces mostly. So, mm-hmm. um, or uh, inserts for Gloomhaven. <laughs> so, I, I, we didn't back the uh, broken token insert mm-hmm. because we'll just print one. Yeah, that's, yeah, on so Frosthaven. Yes. I seriously thought about that. I was like, do we want the inserts? And yeah. Thomas was like, no, we'll just. Yeah, someone, someone will design one. That's the great thing about 3D printing is that so much is open source and free. Uh, we use. Um, so we do print a lot. So a kilogram of filament is $20, and that will print out a lot of pieces. Um, of terrain, not of, of miniatures. Of miniatures are different. Minis are different. It's a resin printer. Um, Warren actually bought that. That's his printer. It's oh, not ours. Nice. So we should be using the hell out of this thing. <laughs> yes. Let's break it before you can get it back. Um, that uses resin, which is, you know, it's still it's $15 for a... a a liter. Mm-hmm. So how much how much filament. resin does it take to make a mini? Not a lot. Okay. It's it's very small. It's it's you know in under twenty grams. Mm-hmm. So you hollow a miniature out, so you use less filament that mm-hmm. way. Um, but those are that's really that's that's it. That's where we spend the money. So it's okay. rent. Yeah. 
it's you know we right now we are buying board games to play um we are buying giveaways uh, and we're buying 3d printer filament Mm -hmm. um and we are buying uh some ads not not as much as we thought that we would plan on doing um just because it's hard to actually consistently make interesting graphics and and mm-hmm. advertising but you know when we push for instance you know uh, natural one coming back with a new arc we will do an ad buy for that yeah i mean and facebook ads are super cheap We're probably going to spend like 50 bucks on it so not a huge amount but that $50 will reach a lot of people who are interested in D&D streams. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep, and hopefully that gets us to grow, to get us to bigger right. numbers, to get us to... The more people watch, the less each person has to donate. <laughs> that's, that's the way I look at it. Um, so that's, that's really what we do. That's monetization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on our channel specifically, um, Quest and Chaos doesn't own any of this equipment. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm I'm wrong. We own one lens. Ooh. Everything else is my rental company. Uh-huh. So, you know, so that's all that support to be able to get us off the ground is all my day job. That is now zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Luckily, there's still invoices coming, but eventually those will stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. So hopefully we'll get out of this soon. Um, so wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> I want to get back to this space with the wonderful people that we have. Yeah, and, just having community with, you know, just being able to sit next to somebody and talk to them. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Right. I think so, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. yeah, I think we've spent a lot of time just sharing with people things that we just do. And so maybe next week. I don't know. What do you want to talk about next week? I don't know. You know Coming what? Coming up next. Um, next time. On Untitled. Give us some suggestions for main topics. I know that I want to do a gear. Like, what do we use for a gear? And that may, you know, we talked a little bit about Zoom and Skype and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. But we may do a deep dive into what gear do you do for being in the room? And what Mm -hmm. gear do you do for doing virtually and remote? Yeah. So that's, but let us know. Uh, Leave Mm -hmm. us a comment. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about in this Untitled podcast i promise you it's sticking it's sticking tb d and d maybe we'll see except that we mostly talk about kickstarter but that's fine (laughs) whatever whatever all right so that's gonna wrap it up for this thing um thank you for pushing to get this thing done i just write i just scribble the notes on paper it's all my that's all i do nice all right so that's gonna wrap it up thanks and we'll see you next time